Hello and welcome to Connect Points podcast and sermon archives. If you'd like to learn more about our church, please go online to our website at connectpointupc.com or follow us on our Facebook page. Thank you very much and I hope you enjoy this week's message. God bless. There. Feel free to follow along on your neighbor's Bible or look at the screen. Genesis 8, beginning with verse 1, And God remembered Noah and every living thing and all the cattle that was with him in the ark. And God made a wind to pass over the earth and the waters assuaged. The fountains also of the deep and the windows of heaven were stopped and the rain from heaven was restrained. And the waters returned from off the earth continually and after the end of 150 days the waters were abated. And the ark rested in the seventh month on the 17th day of the month upon the mountains of Ararat. And the waters decreased continually until the 10th month. And in the 10th month, on the first day of the month, were the tops of the mountains seen. And it came to pass at the end of 40 days that Noah opened the window of the ark which he had made. And he sent forth a raven which went forth to and fro. Everybody say to and fro. He sent forth a raven which went forth to and fro until the waters were dried up from off the earth. And also he sent forth a dove from him to see if the waters were abated from off the face of the ground. But the dove found no rest for the sole of her foot. She returned unto him into the ark for the waters were on the face of the whole earth. Then he put forth his hand and took her and pulled her in unto him into the ark. And he stayed yet another seven days and again... He sent forth the dove out of the ark, and the dove came into him in the evening, and lo, in her mouth was an olive leaf plucked off. So Noah knew that the waters were abated from off the earth. I want to preach this subject this morning from Genesis 8, to and fro, to and fro. Why don't you find three or four people, give them a handshake or a high five, tell them you're so glad that they're here today. Amen. And everybody said amen. amen. Uh, before I get started today, I do want to recognize Pastor and Sister Jason Brooks that are with us today. The pastor in Fergus Falls, and we're thankful for what God is using them to do there. Their family's doing a little traveling, so they were going to be in our area today, and uh, we're just glad that they're here. Genesis chapter 8 and verse 7, and he sent forth a raven, if I say a raven, he sent forth a raven which went forth to and fro until the waters were dried from off the earth. Noah chooses to release a raven and then to release a dove from the ark. 
he had built with his hands by God's design. Once it has run aground on top of what would be the mountains of Ararat, the raven, though, does not return to the safety and the supply of the ark, for it is a carnivorous bird that did not need the seeds of plants that had sprouted up again, did not need the leaves of trees that were back again, for they did not exist yet, as they were still, as the Bible tells us, under the waters that were upon the earth. The flood waters would have provided plenty of dead floating carcasses for this carnivorous bird to partake of. Dead things everywhere, the evidence of God's judgment upon humanity, the evidence of God keeping his word and letting destruction come upon the earth. There had been no exemption. Devastation had been total, thorough, complete, except that which was on the ark. The, la- the raven needed little more than just the remains of the water's destruction to survive. And so the Bible says it left the ark and it simply flew to and fro, existing off of the demise and the death and the destruction. The dove in the story, of course, is often thought of more than the raven is. It is now unto us a symbol of peace, this real life happening, this story that is true and really took place. And a dove really did return with that olive branch in its beak. It's now known unto us symbolically of that of peace. It would find no safe place, though, the first time that it leaves the ark to rest upon the earth. It would find no place, and it would return again unto the ark. And then only then, after a while, to be released again, returning then with the olive branch in its beak. I thank God today for that which signals unto us times of peace. I'm thankful for anything in this life that signals times of peace. And I thank God for those that would bring peace into stormy lives. I'm thankful today for people who would be peacemakers and people who would be peaceful and people that have peace in their heart. I'm thankful today for anything that would resemble peace. Oh, hallelujah, I'm thankful for that. And I'm thankful for a God that brings peace into our lives. And there is no greater sight when you are caught helpless in the destruction, in the darkness of the storm, to see Jesus come walking on the water. There is nothing more special when you are going through the difficulties of this life to lift up your eyes unto the horizon and see your master and say, Savior coming walking on the waves, even though the lightning still flashes and the thunder still rolls, you see, in the face of Jesus, peace. And it's a special thing to have that peace in your life. It's a special thing to know that there is a God that cares about us. There is none more empowering and faith-inducing than Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Nobody can pick you up like Jesus can pick you up. Nobody.
Nobody can dust you off like Jesus. Nobody can carry you through a storm like Jesus can. Nobody can whisper it's going to be okay and you believe it like it comes from the voice of the master. Is there anybody in the house this morning that would like to testify that you've been in a time when you needed peace and Jesus was that peace? Oh, clap your hands under the Lord if that's true. It's actually a very empowering thing. It's an empowering thing when Jesus steps into a situation. It empowers us. It strengthens us. It brings confidence and boldness into our lives. Our world today is searching for empowerment. Every group is wanting and needing their voice to be heard. They want to feel like they have something, that they are something. It's our human nature to need to be listened to and our opinions respected and beyond that even followed or agreed with. But that's the problem. The problem is that we are searching for fulfillment in our humanity. When in fact it can only be found in Jesus. We're looking for empowerment from our fellow man. We're looking for our fellow man to build this up and bring confidence into our life. We're looking for our fellow man to tell us, you're right, you're good. What you think is correct, what you do is righteous. We're looking for our fellow man to help us in these situations. But it can only be found in Jesus Christ there is no honor like having the attentive ear of Jesus. Consider with me today how much honor there is. There's nothing more empowering than knowing that God hears my cry. There's nothing more strength giving than to know that when I say Jesus, he's as close as the mention of his name. There's nothing that makes me feel better and feel stronger and feel more confident than to know that when I lift up my voice, even from the pit, there is a God in heaven who hears me and comes to me and is ready to help me. Oh, hallelujah. What we are witnessing today is not the return of the dove with the olive branch. Instead, our society is choosing the raven with the appetite of death. Instead of peace, many hunger for destruction. And they fly to and fro from death to death. From darkness to darkness, from deception to deception. Jesus tells us in John 14, this is his words, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. 
I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself that where I am, there ye may be also. And whither I go, ye know, and the way you know. And Thomas saith unto him, Lord, we know not whither thou goest, and how can we know the way? And Jesus saith unto Thomas, I am the way and the truth and the life. And no man cometh to the Father but by me. Jesus never offers us guidance in the ways of death. That's the devil's domain. Jesus is the way, truth, and life. Oh, hallelujah. Jesus does not want to converse with you about death and destruction. Jesus wants to talk to you about how to bring it back to life again. Jesus wants to talk to you about the miraculous power of life. About life. He has already promised that the only reason he was to go was so that he could come again. And not empty-handed not with no hope for tomorrow, but ready to take us with him to a place prepared for us. Oh, hallelujah. Anybody looking forward to going to heaven? So the question becomes, why choose the way of this world? What has this constant to and fro done for you? I want you to ask yourself that question today. What has flying from distraction to distraction, from death to death, what has it done for you? What has it brought into your life? Has it brought any life into your life? Is there any peace in it? Is there any joy in it? Is there any comfort in it? Maybe you've done it for a week. Maybe you've done it for a month. Maybe you've done it for years. Or maybe you've done it for every day you could remember of your life. But I'm still asking you the question, what good has it produced in you? What hope does it birth in your spirit? What joy do you hold on to by flying from death to death to and fro? The idea here of to and fro that is used in the context of Genesis 8. This idea is not so much to fly from side to side as it is to go forward and then retreat. This context of to and fro is the idea of going forward and then coming back and going forward and then coming back and to repeat the process the idea is to make some headway, but then lose it all again. To get some momentum, but then to fall back into old habits. To make a little bit of progress where you almost feel good, and then to stumble back into that same old misery again. I see all around me a society that is stuck in the to and fro. From temporary joys back to the same old sorrows, from death 
to death, from deception to deception, and darkness to darkness. And it doesn't surprise me because the Bible tells us in the book of Job, in the first chapter, verses six and seven, now there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord. And Satan came also among them. And the Lord said unto Satan, whence comest thou? And Satan answered the Lord and said, from going to and fro in the earth and from walking up and down in it. And then a couple chapters later, we find Job 2, 1 through 2. Again, there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan came also among them to present himself before the Lord. And the Lord said unto Satan, From whence comest thou? And Satan answered the Lord and said, From going to and fro in the earth, and from walking up and down in it. Satan's pattern has not changed. He is still walking to and fro on the earth, constantly pushing forth his agenda with new methodology and yet not leaving his original plan ever, which is simply to steal, kill, and destroy. Constantly going to and fro, creating darkness and distraction and destruction. Anything to feed that appetite, that hunger of humanity for death and darkness and destruction. Anything to keep them busy on that so that they will never lift up their eyes and realize that there is another option on how to live this life. There is another way. To and fro he goes with one agenda and one reason. Steal, kill, destroy. He's got a too often successful tactic that he uses. First Peter 5 and 8 tells us about it. We are warned to be sober and to be vigilant because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion walketh about, seeking whom he may devour. If you weren't aware today, you have an adversary. You have an adversary. I know we spend a lot of time battling our own humanity, battling our own flesh battling our own shortcomings and sins and iniquities and we fight ourselves. We stare ourselves in the mirror and hate what we're looking at and we argue in our own mind about our pitifulness and I'm gonna remind you that humanity is sinful but I'm also gonna remind you that you also have an adversary and the adversary is the one that is bringing all of that death into your life. Going about as a roaring lion, creating noise. Noise over there and noise over here. Noise that causes fear. Noise that causes distraction over there and over here. To and fro, to and fro. Noise, distraction, darkness, death. Getting our humanity addicted to it. How evil can it get? How dark can it get? 
Recent months, we have heard a suddenly a rise of voices seemingly in our nation trying to cry out against uh, the evil and the darkness that we're seeing uh, in our televisions and the blatant uh, witchcraft and sorcery and demonic worship that is happening in our communities and on our televisions and in our world. And suddenly there's a voice uh, that is rising up and saying, I can't believe anybody would ever do that uh, on the national stage. And I say to you, the devil has been doing that for a very long time. And the only reason he's getting so bold is because humanity's got so addicted to it. The only reason he's getting so bold is because there is a sinful humanity that is no longer satisfied with yesterday's darkness. They need something even worse today. They're no longer satisfied with pleasing themselves over yesterday's destruction. They need something even more grotesque and destruction today. And we live in a society that is addicted to death. But I've come to preach to somebody. If you want out of that, there's a way out of that. And it's the way of truth and it's the way of life and it's Jesus noise over here and noise over there and noise that causes fear and noise that distracts us the noise is a facade it's a weapon of deception it's only intention is to get us to focus on dead things. Because if we're focused on dead things, then we quit looking for signs of life. Oh, hallelujah. If we're focused on de dead things, we quit searching for signs of life. The raven never came back with rotted flesh in its mouth. Noah did not need to be shown that there was death out there. The dove came back with the olive branch and Noah discovered that life remained. Oh, hallelujah. There is no need to tell Noah that there's death out there. There's no need to illustrate to Noah that there's death all around him. What Noah was looking for, was there any signs of life? Is there anything that can give me a little hope that I can get off of this ark and we can rebuild again? Is there any hope that me and my family are ever going to be able to step into the promises of God I don't need somebody to tell me that death exists in the world. I need somebody to tell me that life still exists in the world. So he brings back the olive branch to tell him that there's still life. And I tell us today, there's still life. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. It's one of the reasons why I love coming to church. Oh, man. I know you're the church. I'm the church. We're the church everywhere we go. We do that. We exemplify that. That's wonderful. But I love coming to this church together. I love experiencing what we experienced at the beginning of this service today. You know what that is? It's another reminder. There's life. There's life. There's life. 
There's life. You say, well, I thought that used to be a dead thing. It did used to be a dead thing, but it ain't dead anymore. Look at it. That's life. That's life that you're looking at. That's miraculous life that you're hearing. That used to be death and darkness and deception, but it isn't anymore. Are there any testimonies in the house of the Lord today? I once was lost, but now I'm found. I was blind, but now I see. I was a dead man walking, but all thanks be to God who giveth me the victory. We're alive again. Come on, take five seconds and give God another praise for the miracle that he's done in your life. Hallelujah. Death has not found its perfect victory. Death never gets to close the door on anything. Oh, hallelujah. God closed the door of the ark when the time came. And God was the one that made provision for them to leave the ark when the time came again. Because death never gets to have the last word. Because I have a God that conquered death and hell and the grave and has all authority in heaven and earth. Oh, hallelujah. So we hear the good news today. We hear the good news. We hear the good news. That they killed him and they hung him on a cross and they hoped to hide him away in a grave. But the way, the truth, and the life rose up again. We're just a couple Sundays away from Easter where we will once again remember just specifically something that we remember around here all the time, uh, that they tried to kill him, but death doesn't get the final say. And death has tried to kill you, but death doesn't get the final say. And darkness and deception has thrown its best at you. Uh, But here you are uh, sitting in a church on a Sunday morning, which means there's still signs of life. There's still signs of life. Oh, hallelujah. You may have drugged yourself in here today, but there's signs of life. Oh, hallelujah. You may, have, you may have crawled into this place in desperation, but guess what that is? That's a sign of life. Because you could have crawled into a hole today, but instead you crawled into a church today. And so that means there's signs of life. Yes, Satan is walking to and fro. You know why he's walking to and fro? Because he's not God. He's not an omnipresent, all-knowing entity. He is limited by time and place. So he has to walk to and fro. He don't even get a bicycle. He's not allowed to have roller skates. He's not God, folks. He's not everywhere all the time. He's walking to and fro upon the earth, and in his limitations, he sometimes speaks out of turn. Like when he tells you your life is over. Like when he tells you there's no hope for you. 
Like when he says that you should just get used to death and darkness. When he says you should just throw in the towel. When he says your life isn't worth living. When he says, why don't you just end it all right now because it's always going to be miserable. He's speaking out of turn because he doesn't know how it all is going to end. He can only know what he sees right now. And all he can ever see is death. But I've come to tell you, I see something else. And if I can see something else, God can really see something else. And I see signs of life. The devil roars these words into our lives. The reason why he roars these words into our lives is because he can't see any rescue for us. And we also limited can fail sometimes to see past the storm and the darkness and the noise. We can't see the other side of all of this, but that is not the end of the story because our Savior can see. Second Chronicles 16 and 9, look at this beautiful verse. For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong on behalf of them whose heart is perfect toward him. He is not just in our storm. He can see beyond our storm. The devil and his nonsense and darkness, he can never see beyond a storm. And us sometimes in our humanity and our limited nature, we can't see beyond the storm. But that's why we connect to our Heavenly Father who can see us in the storm, but he can also see beyond the storm. He is both present in our pain and he knows how to get us past our pain. He can see the death for sure. But he doesn't have to look for life. He is life. Oh, hallelujah. He's not looking for signs of life. He is the sign of life. And he is Alpha and Omega. He is beginning and the end. He is eternal. He has no beginning and he has no ending. So you know what that means? Everything else does, but he doesn't, which means he's life, which means there's always signs of life. And it doesn't take much to get him to show himself strong. The verse I read says that he does it on behalf of them whose heart is perfect toward him. But you know what that phrase, heart is perfect, means? It means whose heart is friendly or peaceable toward him. It doesn't say that God is going to come through in your situation if you're perfect. Because he would never be able to come through for any of us, would he? It says God will come into your situation if you'll just have a peaceable heart towards him. Which all that means is, if you'll just not push him away, not reject him, don't tell him no. If you'll just say, Lord, if you can help me, I need help. If you can bring life into me, I need life. If you can pick me up out of this pit, pick me up out of this pit. Lord, my heart is peaceable unto you. Whatever you want to do, you go ahead and do it. And the Bible says that he is ready to show himself strong on behalf of those who would simply say, Lord, have your way. 
He's going to show himself strong. You realize the Almighty says, I want to show myself strong. Oh, come on now. This is the one who created the heavens and the earth. This is the one who told the stars and the planets where to be and how to work. This is the one who spoke to death. Said, Lazarus, come forth out of a grave. This is the one who miraculously opened the eyes of the blind the ears of the deaf. This is the one who fed 5,000 with just a few little pieces of fish and some bread. This is the one who healed the lepers when no one else wanted to be anywhere near him. This is the one who walked out to the pool of Bethesda and raised up a man who had laid there so long and was so impotent and so impossible for his situation to turn over that he knew that he was going to die there until life came walking into the situation. This is the one. And he who did all of that says, I stand ready to come into your situation and show myself strong. You want to see God do something strong? Quit trying to do it for yourself and just let your heart be peaceable unto him and say, Lord, have thy way and you're going to see what the swift arm of a strong God is able to do in your situation. Quit trying to figure it all out. Quit trying to do it on your own. Let God show himself. So I wish somebody would clap your hands unto the Lord. He wants to show himself strong. He's ready to show himself mighty. He's ready to do the miraculous. He's ready to turn the situation around. There is no sickness that he cannot heal. There is no mind that he cannot touch. There is no marriage. There is no family. There is no hopeless situation that God cannot come in and show himself strong. Oh, come on, clap your hands and make a joyful noise unto the Lord, somebody. The eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth. Well, that's us then, I guess, right now. The eyes of the Lord are on us. They're on us. And I want to make one thing clear today. It's not just on us as a collective. His eyes are on you and me. He sees our heart. He sees our mind. He sees our pain. He knows our individual, our specific situation. He knows the details. He knows exactly where you're at and how you're feeling and why you feel that way. And his eyes are upon us, not to just watch us in our pain. No, the devil goes to and fro trying to find someone that he can destroy and watch gleefully as they go down. But that's not what God does. He finds us and he sees us and he helps us. He speaks life because he is life. 
Ephesians 4, 14 through 15 says something powerful. It says that we henceforth be no more children who are just tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slight of men, by cunning craftiness, whereby they lie in wait to deceive us. But speaking the truth in love may grow up into him in all things, which is the head, even Christ. Today, if you've got sin in your life, you need to repent of your sins. There is no way, no way to heaven if we do not come to a place of repentance. Today, the gospel must be applied to our lives. The death and the burial and the resurrection of Jesus Christ was not for him, it was for us. The Bible teaches us that there are very specific ways that we apply the death and the burial and the resurrection to our life. The first part is we must die. We must die out to him in repentance. We must acknowledge I am a sinner and I need forgiveness. And we must say, I'm sorry, Lord. Forgive me for my sins. And he stands ready to show himself strong in forgiveness today. Strong enough to forgive you a sin that you committed 30 years ago. Strong enough to forgive you of a sin that you committed 30 minutes before church. Maybe even 30 seconds ago. Strong is he to forgive. But the Bible says after repentance, we must also be buried as he was. And how do we do that? Scripture declares to us we are buried with him in baptism. Buried with him. Immersed completely in the water and brought back up again. We are buried with him in baptism and our sins are remitted. And he who sees all and knows all decides, I'm going to look at you now as if this is the first day, clean and purified, washed, a new babe in Christ Jesus, new life. He says, I'm going to decide to look at you like that when you get baptized. And when we look at the scriptures, every illustration of baptism in the scripture was they were baptized completely in the water and they were baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. And oh, I want to I wanna be baptized the way the Bible says to be baptized. Then he says... You can receive that empowerment that you hunger for. That strength to stand, to defend 
to not be tossed around with every wave, to establish yourself, to have a foundation. You can receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost comes upon you. You're filled with the Spirit of the Almighty God. Speaking with other tongues, as the Bible declares it to be. The powerful illustration in Acts 2, when the power of the Holy Ghost came upon them and filled them, and they all spake with other tongues as the Spirit of God gave them the utterance. So that I know that I have been filled, empowered, strengthened, by the Spirit of the Almighty God. Speak the truth in love. I do not declare the gospel unto us today and tell you, you, you better get right or destruction's gonna come down upon your head. The gospel declares life. Sin is what brings forth death. Sin is what brings forth the destruction. Our sin does that. And I don't have to convince anyone of that today. We all know that. We're all aware of that. But we speak the truth and love that there is life in this place today. There is life in this place. And if you've been like a small child tossed to and fro and carried about Ephesians 4 says with every wind of doctrine if you've been going after this and going after that and run into this belief system and run into that belief system and following after this guy's plan and this person's idea reading this person's book and doing this person's thing and you're frustrated because all it seems like is every time you get anywhere you just find more death Says you're tossed to and fro because of the slight of men, because of their cunning craftiness, because of their deception, because trying to control you. And they lie in wait, Ephesians says. They lie in wait to deceive you and to deceive me. But speaking the truth in love, we can grow up into all things. We can grow up. I'm not going to be going to and fro anymore. I'm not going to be running after every little noise anymore. I'm not going to be running after every little deception anymore and distraction and darkness. And I'm going to repent of my hunger for that nonsense and that evil that I'm addicted to. And I'm going to start looking for signs of life. And I'm going to start looking for signs of life in me. And then I'm going to start looking for signs of life in my fellow man. And I'm going to start looking for signs of life in the world that I live in. Because God is not dead. He's alive. He's alive. He's not dead. He's alive. And because he's alive, there are still signs of life. And I wish you would stand to your feet and lift your hands toward heaven and reach out to life today. Reach out to life. Reach out to life. Come on, right where you are, let's pray for just a little bit. Lift your hands and cry out to Jesus. Hallelujah. 
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, go ahead, pray. If you're hearing voices in your head telling you you can't pray, that's the devil speaking out a turn. You got voices in your mind telling you you're not good enough. You tell them to be quiet. You're speaking out a turn. You can't see the life. You can't see the possibility. You can't see the hope. You can't see that the sun's going to rise up tomorrow. You can't see there's a rainbow forming in the sky. You can't see the promise of God is about to come true. So tell the devil to shut up. I see signs of life. I see signs of life. The front the front of this building is intentionally left open. You saw earlier as people stepped out to come forward and pray and be prayed for, you see some that have already stepped out in the preaching, which is always fine. But we come to the part of the service which is the most important part of the service. It's our response. Singing and the worship and the preaching is good. Thank you, brethren. That's all good, but our response is the most important time. And this is our altar area up here, and we leave it wide open so that everyone who wants to can come up here. Anyone who wants to come up here, and I would invite every single person in this place, grab your neighbor's hand and ask him if they want to come with you. And if they don't, tell them that's fine, but excuse me, I need to get up to the front. I want to talk to the Lord today. I need to go forward and pray a little bit because I, I need Jesus to move in me today. I need life to speak into my situation. Come on, when you get up here, would you lift up your voice and start to pray out loud? Let's make it comfortable. Thank you for listening to our podcast this week. We hope you enjoyed this message. Remember, if you would like to find out more information about our church or to contact us, please go online at connectpointupc.com. And also don't forget to subscribe in your podcast app so you will be automatically notified of new episodes. Thank you and we hope you have a great week.